This past Monday was Labor Day. I had a wonderful Labor Day. I, I really didn't labor. I, uh, I sat on the porch most of the day. got some cookies and some yogurt, and it was great, and spent the time on the porch. I, I read a book. I, I drank a lot of coffee, and then in the evening, I grilled. And some of you may have seen the picture uh, from that on Facebook. I, I was trying to light the grill, and the, my propane was a little low, and I turned on the gas, opened the valve, and I hit the electric igniter button, and it started going tick, 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 you know, and usually after four or five ticks, it connects, and whoosh, and the, the, the gas lights, well, it, it didn't connect, and so I kept pushing it, tick, 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 and, and now the right, thing to, the right thing to do at that point, the right thing is to shut the gas off, lift the lid, fan it out, and then try again, but I thought to myself, I'm just going to give it a couple more seconds. You know, just a little, it'll, it'll catch, it's a little bit longer, and, and then I kind of got distracted. I was looking at a bird or something, and wasn't paying attention, and tick, 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 and all of a sudden, whoosh, and the lid lifted up, flames came out, and I have no hair on my forearm now. It's all stubbly right now, it's kind of interesting, uh, and the grill was just, just burned out. Now, being a preacher, I stood there. Uh, looking at what I had done, the hairs were all singed back and tiny, and, and I could smell what I had done, and I thought to myself, there's a sermon illustration in this. There's a story. I can make this work. I can, I can turn this into a, into a story for a sermon. You know, normally my, my grill doesn't burn me. My, normally my grill feeds me. My grill blesses me. I get blessed by my grill. But too much gas, too much press pressure, and too little release, and I got burned. And in a split second, woof, everything, all that energy came out dangerously fast, dangerously hot, and then it was just gone. It burned out. And if we're not careful, we can be like that. If we do too much, if we carry too much for too long, pressure builds up, and, and instead of blessing, Instead of nurturing other people, we explode. We explode at our family. We explode at our friends. We kick the dog. We storm out angry. And too often when that happens, we are burned out. We are useless. And what do we do then? That shouldn't be the question. The question should be, what do we do before that happens? We're going to look at just three little verses today. It's in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. If you're using those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 816. If you've got your version app on your phone, all the notes are right there. We're only looking at the last few verses of chapter 11, but I want you to notice the whole chapter. I want you to see what Jesus is going through. And in verses 1 through 19, word has come to him that his cousin, John the Baptist, John is in jail, and things are not looking for good for John. It looks like John is going to be executed. Now, you need to realize that in many ways, John the Baptist was Jesus' hero. Uh, Jesus says John was the greatest prophet that, that ever lived. Jesus, John was Jesus' precursor. John was the man who baptized Jesus. And now John has been arrested, and they are preparing to execute him. And Jesus is preaching the same message that John had preached. But John, John was out there in the desert, out there in the wilderness preaching. Jesus has brought that message into the cities. And if they're going to execute John, 
what are they going to do to Jesus? And on top of that, in, in verses 20 through 24, Jesus brings, he speaks condemnation on the cities in which he's preached, in which he brought that message. He speaks condemnation on those cities because they haven't repented, because they haven't changed. Jesus has preached and preached. He's carried that message to city after city and no one is listening to Him. No one is changing their lives. No one is repenting. No one is getting better. And Jesus is spent. Jesus is exhausted. Jesus is ready to burn out. So what does He do with all that pressure? Beginning in verse 28, Jesus says, Come to Me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The book I read on, on Labor Day was one that I'd been meaning to get to for a while. I've just been a little too busy. It's called Didn't See It Coming. Uh, it's a book by Kerry Newhoff. Kerry is, a, is an author, he's a preacher, he's a, he's a speaker, and, and Kerry's subtitle to the book is, Didn't See It Coming, Overcoming the Seven Greatest Challenges That No One Expects and Everyone Experiences. Now, The, the author of the book is, is well-known, well-respected, and he admits that many years ago, he burned out. He broke down. He admits in the book that many years ago he came very close to suicide. And in the book, he offers 11 symptoms that you and I might experience, 11 symptoms that, might, that, that you and I might be heading to burnout, that we might be burdened and, and near burning out. Now, I just want to share a few of those 11 with you. One of them, your passion fades. Things that you used to care about, you don't care about them anymore. Things that used to excite you, whether it be your job or whether it be a, a hobby or, or some activity, those things just don't excite you anymore. Your passion fades. They don't motivate you. Another one is that you no longer feel highs or lows. You're just numb to life. You don't. Someone comes to you with good news. Someone comes to you with bad news. Nothing moves you. Nothing affects you. You become, here's a dangerous one, you become cynical. You become cynical and suspicious of everyone and everything. What's their motives? What do they really want? What are they doing now? You're self-medicating. That's another one. And for some, self-medicating is about drugs. For some, self-medicating is about alcohol. But sometimes self-medicating is just about busyness. If you keep busy enough, you don't have time to think about your problems. You don't have time to, to, to do anything about those problems. Just keep them out of your head. You don't laugh anymore. Sleep and time off don't refuel you anymore. You're always exhausted. I don't know about you, but do any of those sound familiar? Have you felt those? I, I felt some of those over the year. I, I felt many of those over the years. But, but I don't want you to miss this. Jesus felt them also. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 tells us of, of Jesus tells us of our great high priest Jesus that he was tempted in every way that we've been tempted and yet was without sin. And so if you've felt those burdens, then you can bet that Jesus has felt them also. And I think we see a lot of that here in Matthew 11. If you read the whole chapter, 
I think we have a, a Jesus who is very close to being cynical, a Jesus who is hurt, a Jesus who is grieving, a Jesus who is almost burned out. But more than that, we have a Jesus with a plan, a Jesus with hope for himself and hope for you and me. And I hope you see something, something for yourselves here in these verses. I hope you see this. Jesus knows that you're tired. Jesus knows that you're tired. Now, these last three verses come at the end of a paragraph in my Bible, and that paragraph begins on, in verse 25. So before you hear the words in verse 28, where Jesus says, I will give you rest, you really need to hear what he says in verse 25. In verse 25, it says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and have revealed them to little children. Verse 25 is a prayer. The promises that we're looking at for ourselves today come in the context of a prayer that was uttered by Jesus. It was perfectly natural for Jesus to move in one paragraph to move from conversation with his father to concern about his friends, to concern about us. And so he says in verse 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. You know, labor and heavy laden, burdened, they, they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. They are two different weights. For some of us, it's labor. For some of us, we have worked too hard for too long with no rest for ourselves. But for others, from time to time, we are carrying something that is simply too heavy for us. We're carrying worry about a situation. We're carrying regret about something in life. We might be carrying unforgiveness. We might be carrying a, carrying a concern about someone in our life and, and decisions that they have been made. We are that, that they have made. We are heavy laden. Your Bible might actually say we are loaded down. It is too much for us to carry. We've been cleaning out mom's house over the last few weeks. And we had this old game. It was one of those old Milton Bradley games, you know, and, and it, was, uh, it was called The Last Straw. And this game was a camel. It was a, a plastic camel that was hinged in the middle. And you put the camel together and then you slid this little plastic pouch onto his back between the two humps. And then you took these little straws. Now, all these straws were identical. They were the same size. They were the same weight. They were different colors. So you knew whose straw was whose. But you would take turns dropping those straws into the camel's pouches there on his back. And at first, you might just throw them in, plink, you know, and toss the straw in. But by the end of the game, you're putting those straws in very, very lightly, very, very gingerly. You're being very, very careful. But sooner or later, someone would put in the last straw. And when the last straw got dropped into the camel's pouch, the camel would split into, the load would go everywhere, and that person lost the game. We've all felt the weight of the last straw, haven't we? We've all felt the weight of that last straw. And the sad thing is, more often than not, the last straw was not that big of a deal. It wasn't that heavy. It wasn't any different than anything else. The problem with the last straw is it was one more thing. 
one more burden, one more thing you had to carry. And, and we fall apart we, and we're embarrassed about it. And we say, ah, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. I, I guess I'm just emotional. There's something wrong with me. But Jesus says, you're tired. I, I know you're tired. You're, you're working hard. You're loaded down. And if you come to me, I will give you rest. You hear the promise there. If you come to me, I will give you rest. I will do it. I think that's a beautiful promise because it tells me that for every burden you're carrying, Jesus offers you Himself. For every burden that you carry, Jesus offers you Himself. Carrie Newhoff, before he was a preacher, uh, he had a real job before he was a preacher. Uh, well, I don't know if it was a real job. He was a lawyer. Does that count? It might count. And Carrie talks in the book about working downtown at a law firm, a big law firm where he worked. And one day, a man comes walking into the law firm and he's waving a lottery ticket. He says, you see this lottery ticket? If this is the big payoff, if this is the big winner, you'll never see my face here again. And Carrie said the most disturbing part of that was that man was his boss. <laughs> that was the owner of the law firm. And he said that that man had was so burdened that the only hope he had was a lottery ticket that might pay off. That is a mighty, slim hope with very little chance of payoff. Jesus doesn't offer a lottery ticket that might win. He doesn't offer a, a, a pie-in-the-sky dream that someday will pay off, maybe. Jesus offers us Himself. In verse 29, He says, Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Learn from me. To learn from me. It means to, to learn by practice. You're not going to get it right at first. Learn from me by practice, by experience. Acquire a habit from me. Acquire a new custom from me. We've got to admit, we've got some bad habits. We've got some bad habits that have been wearing us out and loading us down for way too long. One of our bad habits is that we bottle stuff up. We don't ever let it out. We don't ever take time for self-care. And one of the reasons we don't ever take time for self-care is that most of us have never been shown how. We've never been shown how to take some time off to, to care for ourselves and, and to relax. No one ever said, learn from me and I'll show you how to take a day off. I will show you how to find rest. But that's exactly what Jesus says to us. That's exactly what Jesus wants to teach us, and He shows us from His own character. He says, I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. I, I am gentle. I am lowly in heart. I am humble. Those are qualities we don't look for in our heroes. Those are qualities that we don't look for in the people that we look up to. We want someone who's loud. We want someone who's, who's strong. We want a man of action or a, a woman of action to be our hero. But let me ask you this. Did, did Jesus have to be gentle? Did Jesus have to be humble? That passage I read for you during communion said that He is in the very form God, but He laid all of that aside and took on the form of a man. And being found as a human, He took on the form of a servant. According to Matthew, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus said, The Son of Man, I did not come to be served, but to serve. This is God in the flesh. This is the Creator. But the character He adopted for us was that of servant. The character He shows here is as gentle and lowly and humble. 
He's saying, what can I carry for you? What can I carry for you? He says, you will find rest for your souls. Sounds a little bit like like the 23rd Psalm. We've been studying the 23rd Psalm with with Max Lucado's uh, Traveling Light series on Wednesday nights, and it's been so encouraging. If if you haven't joined us for a Wednesday night, we have so much fun and such great discussions. Six o'clock on Wednesday nights, and it's a wonderful lesson, a wonderful series on the 23rd Psalm. But the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does verse 3 say? He restores my soul. From what I understand about sheep, from those who have taught me a little bit about sheep, when a, when a sheep is really heavy with wool, when that sheep needs to be sheared but hasn't gotten sheared yet, that wool can become so heavy on that sheep that if the sheep falls down, sometimes they can't get back up on their own. They can't get back up on their feet. And so a sheep that is laden with wool, that is just covered with wool and it's too heavy for it to get, get back up, it'll lay there in the, in the middle of the pasture and it'll start kicking its feet and it'll kick and kick and kick until it's just absolutely exhausted itself. And sometimes a sheep can become so exhausted that it just dies from the exhaustion. This is one of the reasons why shepherds have to keep watch over their sheep. It's not just about wolves. It's not just about enemies. It's because sometimes the sheep get knocked off their feet. They can't get back up. A shepherd will find a sheep like that. They, they call it cast. The sheep has cast. And, and he'll roll that sheep over on its side and he'll comfort it and pet it a little bit and start massaging the, the limbs and trying to get blood to circulate in it a little bit better. And, and after a while, the, the shepherd can pick the sheep up and put it on his feet. And he wobbles a little bit at first, but after a while, once circulation's back, once he's over his distress, that sheep can go bouncing off with the other sheep and, and be with his friends again. David says, he restores my soul. Jesus says, you will find rest for your soul. We have bad habits. We have bad habits that wear us out. We carry too much and we carry it for too long. We stay busy too long. We carry too much. We never stop to take care of ourselves. We just never do it on our own. And sooner or later, we get knocked, on our, knocked off our feet and we just can't get back up. And what's Jesus say? Learn from me. Let me show you how. Let me restore your soul. In fact, the good news here is that whatever you're carrying, Jesus wants to carry it with you. Whatever it is that you're carrying, Jesus wants to carry that with you. When that last straw finally breaks the camel's back when the sheep is too burdened with wool to get back up on its feet. And when we've finally fallen apart from the burdens that we've carried, very often we think it's our fault. I think there's something wrong with us. Jesus doesn't say that though. None of this means that you're weak. What it means is you have been too strong for too long without a break and everyone needs a rest. And that's what Jesus is offering. Verse 30, he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think most of us recognize what a yoke is. There's a picture of one up on the screen. There's a picture of one on the front of your bulletin. I think most of us recognize a yoke as a tool for horses or oxen or some kind of beast of burden to pull a load. But in Jesus' day, yoke was a metaphor. It was a metaphor for laying a burden on someone else, for making them carry a burden. And the Pharisees were, were known for their 
heavy yokes. In Matthew 23, verse 4, Jesus says of the Pharisees, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. And Jesus doesn't say, come to Me and I will make your life yoke-free. Come to Me and I will make your life burden-free. No, He says, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. What makes a yoke easy? That, none of that looks easy. What makes a yoke easy? Well, one of the things that makes a yoke easy is that yokes weren't meant to be worn alone. You don't just put one animal in a yoke. You use a, a yoke to, to connect a team of horses, a, a team of oxen, so they can pull together. More than that, what makes a yoke easy is that the, the craftsman who carves that yoke, who builds that yoke, he would look at each animal. He would look at the animal's size. He would look at the animal's build. He would notice on that ox's back there was a particular hump and he would compensate for that hump. He would look at the horse and see the measure the width of the horse's shoulders and compensate for that as he built that yoke to fit that animal. So the animals pulled together and that each animal pulled the right amount. That's what makes the yoke light and the burden easy. And that's where you and I come in for each other. Because yokes aren't meant to be worn alone. And burdens are not meant to be carried alone. Animals know this. Animals bear together as a team. And we are to bear together as a church. We are to bear together as a family. We should each lighten each other's load. Jesus says this in, in Matthew 11. Years later, the Apostle Paul comes along and in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus says to each of us, come to Me. He calls each of us to bear uh, our, the load together. No one should ever carry a burden alone. No one should ever feel the weight alone because no one is that strong. We are called to do it together. Now next Sunday is National Back to Church Sunday. Next Sunday is an opportunity to say, hey, it's just one Sunday. It's just National Back to Church Sunday. I think you'll enjoy it. Come and see what we do at Kansas Christian Church. Now it's been a while, but does anyone remember what this is? Does anyone remember the three knots? Do you remember the three knots? If you don't, that's fine. Some of you, I see that hand, yes. Three knots. When do you invite someone to church? When's a good time to invite someone to church? Well, you look for three knots in their lives. You look for the three knots. The first knot is when things are not going well. There's something in their life just, that just is not going well. Maybe there's a sickness. Maybe there's a struggle. Maybe trouble has hit them. Maybe they're in financial trouble or maybe their family's in trouble. Maybe their marriage is in trouble. Maybe their kids are in trouble. Something is not going well. Invite them to church. The second knot is when they are not prepared for something. They have been given a burden that they never saw coming they weren't ready for that. The second knot is when they are not prepared for something. The third knot is important also. The third knot is when they're not in church. When they're not going to church anywhere. That's a wonderful time to invite them to church. And I just want to ask, is there someone in your life with one of these three knots? 
Is there someone that needs a church to help them carry their burden? Is there someone you know or suspect is ready to burn out? They're ready to blow up. They're ready to just be done. Would you invite them to church next Sunday? And today, maybe, maybe you've got your own knot. Maybe today it's you. Maybe you came to church today with your I'm fine face on. Have you got an I'm fine face? Every now and then you put the I'm fine face on and you say, I'm fine, everything's great. You know it's not. You know everything's not fine. You feel the pressure. You feel the load you've been pulling for way too long. You are carrying something that's just too heavy. You have been carrying it for too long and you have been pushing that igniter button and you're hearing tick, 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 tick. And you know one of these days it's going to catch. And woof! And it'll be done. Something's going to explode and someone will get hurt and it might be you. Is there something we can help you carry? I've asked our elders and their wives to, uh, to head back to my office here in just a moment or two. And they're going to be back there. I've I got to tell you, these, these people are wonderful to pray with. I know they pray for me, and I appreciate all their encouragement. And today, if, if you're feeling a burden, if, you, if you're feeling a load, if, if you're just tired and you need someone to pray with you, uh, our guys and their wives are going to be back there. They'll be glad to, uh, to sit and pray with you and talk with you. Very discreetly, they will, they will help you carry whatever burden you're carrying. If you need them, I'm just going to ask that while we sing this last song, just head back that way. Let them pray with you. Let them hear you. And uh, let us help you carry that load. Until then, let's, let's stand together and let me pray. Father, so, so many of us here today would have to admit what you already know. We are tired. We've been carrying heavy burdens for far too long. Some of those burdens weren't ours to carry. None of them were ours to carry alone. And today we hear Jesus' words. He knows our weariness. He knows our weakness. And He offers us Himself. And so as His church, as His hands and as His feet, as His back and as His heart, we offer ourselves to each other. We want to bear those burdens. We want to fulfill Jesus' promise for each other. Use us. Use us for each other. Use us for those carrying burdens only you and they know about. Use us to bring rest to their souls and to do this to your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.